Welcome, everyone, to the judgment episode of Head, Heart, Gut, the friendly debate show where there is no right answer, just the best answer. Over the last three episodes, our contestants have argued about which human organ, other than head, heart, and gut, is best. Through our rigorous point system, we concluded that the tongue is best, obviously. But we have another chance to prove ourselves in front of our judge, Eric Hamilton Schneider. We will give our opening statements, argue about how our choice hits the rhetorical triangle, logos, or our head, pathos, or our heart, and ethos, or our gut. And then we'll get a chance to answer cross-examination questions. But first, let's hear from Judge Schneider. Thank you, everybody. I am thrilled to be here in person with all of my organs. Put your tongue back in your mouth, Eric. (laughs) Get your spleen in order. No, keep your tongue out. My tongue is extremely important to the (laughs) podcasting aspect of this whole show due to its uh, helpful uh, alley-ooping of speech. So are your lungs. (laughs) I have had a body for about 34 years. (laughs) That's a very normal way to say that. (laughs) I think is more than any of you. So I think that gives me quite the authority to discuss all of the different parts. No, None of my bodily organs have been removed from me for any reasons. So I've got them all and I am ready to, I don't have all of them because there's a swap set for, for the female stuff. But uh, I've got, I've got, I've got most of them. And I feel pretty, I've, I'm assuming we're not going to be discussing those in this in this episode, so I think we should be good. You're right. None of us chose the vagina, Eric. <laughs> it gives birth. It's a very good That's organ. That's true, actually. So like, I mean, honestly, the life free aspects of the vagina, I would say very I mean, obviously uterus, a lot of other things were involved. I wanna like make it sound like I don't know about female anatomy. Uh, <laughs> so I don't think my ma- male genitalia will have any uh, impact on my judging. Well, with all of that out of the way, I'd like to firstly apologize and secondly (laughs) say each contestant will now be doing their opening statements and will have one minute for those opening statements to present their choice. Uh, I would like to go uh, in in clockwise order based on the, the screen I'm looking at, starting with Moya. Thank you, your honor. The tongue is the social organ of the human body. It evolved when our amphibious ancestors crawled up onto land over 300 million years ago to help us eat, then speak, then cement interpersonal bonds. They're strong, they're versatile, and they are used so much that our taste buds need to be replenished every 10 days. And today, I will show you that while we humans may technically be able to survive without our tongues, we certainly would not be living our best lives. That's it. That's the whole opening statement. I'm going to give my tongue a little break. I mean, great, great use of it. Don't want to burn through those uh, those cells too mm-hmm. quickly. Really, uh, a bold stance for someone who may not have a tongue out there. <laughs> Brandon, let's uh, let's hear from you next. All right, Eric. When I saw the prompt for this discussion, this conversation, this debate, I went to my doctor friend because, of course, I'm going to go ask a doctor, an expert in this realm, and asked, "What is the best organ?" And they told me it was the kidneys. Now, Hmm. me, like you, 
maybe you're like, that's surprising. The kidneys, really? But then I did the research. I came to understand the incredible job the kidneys perform in your human body, a 34-year-old human body. This fist-sized five-ounce bean <laughs> does all of these things. It controls your acid-base balance. It controls your water balance. It maintains your electrolyte balance. It removes toxins and waste products. It controls your blood pressure, produces the hormone EPO, and it activates vitamin D. And Mike, can you tell me what those acronyms spell out? A wet bed. <laughs> oh, alrighty. Thank you, Eric. And I just also want to say on a personal note, you're not going to get any bullshit from me this episode, Eric. Wow. I am here to play. Okay. Mm. Okay. I'm very excited. Mike, I would love to hear from you next, and you are good to go whenever you're good to go. Okay, let me just take a deep breath. <sighs> wow, that was possible because of my lungs, and so <laughs> is every other one of my organs functioning, because without the lungs, your blood would be worthless, and without blood, none of your organs would work. So all of these other contestants talking about their organs, cool, your organs would be nothing without the lungs. The lungs are essential to your life in so many different ways. First off, oxygenating blood, but also doing an important thing called gas exchange, filtering out bad stuff, taking in the good stuff. The lungs also protect your body from harmful substances, whether that is through that filtration or whether it is using things like uh, alveoli and goblet cells to protect you from various infections. But also, your lungs help support other functions like your sense of smell. And beyond functional stuff, the lungs also are a form of expression, whether that is helping you to speak or using social cues like nonverbal things like scoffing or gasping. And also, uh, the, the lungs and breath-related things are all turns of phrase. I will get into all of these things in more detail, but the lungs are perfect. <laughs> excellent. Excellent news. Thank you all for staying uh, within your time. Very good on opening statements. Uh, great use of that that brain to keep track of your time in turn. Oh, shit. Nobody uh, chose the brain? <laughs> no, good thing that brain had oxygen in it. Otherwise, it wouldn't work. <laughs> Whoa, that's true. <laughs> Alrighty. I mean, I'm very excited to see how these all stack up. I feel like we've got an interesting selection and variation of of the organs and what they're best at and maybe strengths and weaknesses so i'm excited to to hear with my ears uh <laughs> all of the arguments so since my ears are on my head let's move on to head or logos <laughs> brandon's losing it i'm very eric, happy. eric hamilton schneider today woke up and chose wildness yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i sure did i sure did logos is an appeal to reason and logic. Tell me why your topic is the best logical choice. So we will go in reverse order, a classic, starting with Mike. Can you tell me why logically the lungs are the best? Sure. So during my opening statement, that was one minute, did you know that you breathed 13 pints of air during that time? That's a lot of air. The average person breathes around 11,000 liters of air every day. That is also a lot of air. You take 22,000 breaths every day. That's a lot of breaths. So for your lungs to be able to function that well, doing a repeated function that many times without you really ever thinking about it is phenomenal and essential for your existence. The lungs uh, also have uh, cool ribs around them to keep themselves safe and You've got two of them and you can be perfectly fine with just one, which is nice to have that backup system in place. Also, when you breathe, you release 17.5 milliliters of water per hour. Again, going along with that filtration, it's not just filtering out bad stuff in the air because air is not just oxygen and 70% of what you breathe in gets filtered and exhaled out. So not only
only are your lungs doing a lot of breathing, but they're doing a lot of filtration. They only take 30% of the stuff in. They got to decide what is good, what is bad. That is a really effective filter. Because you take 20,000 breaths per day, by the time you're 50, you will have taken over 400 million breaths. So lungs are doing a lot of work but they are doing it without complaining. And honestly, it's like in the background and you should think about how much you appreciate them. Going on with gas exchange, you also have filters in your lungs called alveoli. They have their own line of defense. They have alveolar microphages. These are immune system cells that ingest foreign particles and digest bacteria and organisms. They have neutrophils, is another type of white blood cell that is available to fight infections. They have goblet cells, which produce mucus, which traps harmful particles. And cilia move that mucus away from the lungs to be coughed up because coughs keep you alive. So the logical choice is the lungs because they oxygenate your blood, which makes all your bodily functions work properly, and they filter all the bad stuff out and fight infection. They're doing so many things. Thank you very much, Mike. That was very enlightening. Uh, I was just one question: Do you do you measure air in in pints? <laughs> this happened. This happened in our episodes as well. Oh, you can it. if Great. it's at one ATM because it's a ridiculous way to measure air. <laughs> it really is. I like pints because you can envision thirteen pint glasses and just think like I do that every minute. Like that's a that's lot. That's true. That is true. Well, th thank you for that. And sorry for making the same joke. Again. No, hey, we're just all simpatico here at Multitude. Hey, Mike, can you quick do the math? How many breaths has Eric Hamilton Steiner taken in this 34 years of life? <laughs> Nine bajillion. So many that that's, I should win the debate. That's the opposite direction <laughs> from what it should be. And Moya's a doctor. <laughs> Brandon, I would love to know next why the kidneys might be the logical choice for this debate. You can go whenever you'd like. I would love to tell you. So now I just want you to remember that all of the things I'm about to say are backed up by a doctor, a real life doctor. What kind of doctor? A medical doctor. Dr. J, the basketball Dr. player. J. <laughs> so the most important thing that the kidneys do is that they filter toxins and excess water from your blood. They have these little guys named nephrons that do the work, and there are about 1.15 million of them. And uh, my, my doctor friend, Nicole, said they look like a roller coaster. A nephron has uh, two parts. The first part is the filter. It strains the blood and large molecules from the toxins and fluid. And the fluids and toxins that pass through then go through the tubule. The tubule collects minerals that the body needs and puts them back into the bloodstream and filters out more toxins. Now, the kidneys filter 45 gallons of blood a day. And all of the blood in your body is filtered every 30 minutes, about 40 <laughs> times a day, which is wild and impressive. Not only that, but the kidneys balance the salt content of your body. They put salt into your veins to draw water in if you're dehydrated and they pull salt out uh, through your urine. If you uh, drink too much water, if you have too much water in your body, they produce the hormone that tells your bone marrow to make blood cells. It's called EPO. It's a long name for it, but it's uh, EPO. They actually help you maintain bone strength. All of your blood passes through them constantly. So this really cool circulatory system. When they get to that structure called the glomerus, the pressure is so high in there that it literally squeezes out electrolytes and other things into the kidney to be filtered, which is neat and gross. And finally, they're responsible for you having normal blood pressure because if the pressure is too high, they adjust so that you, you urinate out more water. There's less volume in your blood vessels, less pressure in your blood physically. So they maintain so much of the base functions of your body and they keep you from dying from poison and toxins. Kidneys. Thank you. And they're shaped like a bean. 
<laughs> I I just like to point out, I think you've got some information wrong because I don't have 45 gallons of blood in my body. <laughs> so I don't think it could possibly filter that much. Uh, but moving on, Dr. Moya, not a doctor of the body. No. But you may go and describe in all the ways that the tongue is the most logical choice whenever you're ready. Yes, I am a doctor of the universe, and I don't know if you know this, but all of our bodies, bodies are, in are, there. Yeah, are in the universe. Mm-hmm. Not fair. <laughs> um, it was a strategic choice five years ago when I decided to get my PhD. Yes, so the tongue is the logical choice for the best organ in the human body because it's one of the hardest working and most enduring muscles in our body. It's actually a group of eight muscles working in tandem, the only group of muscles not connected to our skeleton, which is really cool. Uh, The tongue also lets us speak. Only about half of the letters in the English language can be voiced without using your tongue. Uh, I would love for you to like try it out later. Um, Not now because that would take up too much of my time. (laughs) Uh, There are other languages besides English (laughs) on the world. Uh, where the tongue is even more important, such as Spanish, where you need the tongue to roll your R's, uh, which is what you need to do if you're going to speak Spanish correctly. There are also several click languages spoken throughout Africa, like Zulu or Kosa, where a clicking sound made with your tongue replaces some consonants. So the tongue, very important for speaking. But it's also the very first step in our digestive process. It helps us take food into our mouths, chew it, and then dissolve it with our saliva. And our saliva is produced when our taste buds actually get the chemical signals from the food to our brain to tell us, oh, this is good. We should eat this. Uh, Our tongues, not our lungs or our kidneys, helped our ancestors determine which foods were safe to eat. And then those same tongues were used to communicate that new knowledge to others. And at the end of the day, you can carry on living a normal life if you remove a lung or kidney, these redundant (laughs) organs. But your life would be forever changed for the worse if you removed your tongue. Let the record show if you remove both your kidneys and both your organs, you super die. (laughs) Yes, the record can show that. Eric, uh, Judge Schneider, now that the time is over, can you go ahead and hold your tongue and try to talk? No. Damn it. I I was not born on a pirate ship, in fact. Uh, I will not fall for this trick. Did you all do that? No, I didn't. If you hold your tongue and say that, it sounds like you were born on a pile of shit. And it's very Uh, funny to get a fourth grader to to do that. I was on a pile of shit. (laughs) Yep, see, there we go. Excellent audio here (laughs) from Balsitude for everyone to listen to. Professional podcasters. I will now be judging your head arguments. And I think I've got this one figured out. I think I am going to go with Mike in first place with three points. I think you just did a a great argument explaining the lungs. Brandon, very close second. Very good job. And Moya, I'm going to give you one point, but also an additional bonus point, because I feel like you did have a very compelling argument for logical choice, but I feel like you're on an uphill battle with the fact that, Mm. yes, you can survive with only (laughs) one lung or one kidney, but you can survive with no (laughs) So it's just hard to like logically say that like, if you just remove the whole thing, you don't die. Uh, I feel like that was an uphill battle, but I feel like you gave it a really good convincing argument. Thank you. But I I also just think uh, Mike and Brandon uh, edged you out there just a little bit. I will say uh, I was a little bit disappointed when you were like, uh, in Spanish, you also need the tongue even more so, and you didn't say because they kiss. They like to kiss a lot. <laughs> oh, kissing will come up later. Don't you worry. <laughs> well, let's move on to something that has to do a little bit with kissing, the heart, <laughs> or pathos. Pathos is an appeal to emotion and feelings. Make me feel why your topic is the best. 
I'm going to go with uh, Brandon since he has not yet started a section. So Brandon, whenever you're ready, please tell me why the kidneys should really be pulling at my heartstrings. Not literally. That's probably dangerous. Yeah, it's not good. Before I start, I just, I had the literal thought, the panic thought in my head right when you were like, pull up my heartstrings. I was like, oh shit, I should have found a dog that got a kidney <laughs> transplant. What am I doing? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, Judge Eric Hamilton Schneider, today I want to tell you about a tale of true love. Gert and Lewis met and were soon married in 1988. It was a perfect storybook marriage until Lewis was diagnosed with chronic kidney disease in 2011. Now, he did follow his recommended diet, he remained active and appeared healthy until one day at the gym, he felt winded after riding the bike. Although he had been fighting an upper respiratory infection and didn't think much about it, his wife wanted to make sure and had a gut instinct insisting that he get an echocardiogram. So he went to the hospital and they found that he had a significant decrease in the heart function. Further tests revealed that he had three major heart blockages, which led to triple bypass surgery. And as a result of his conditions and his surgery, his kidney function was knocked down and was he was immediately placed on dialysis. Now, a fact that you may not know, the transplant list for kidneys as of, I think, 2017, I think the latest data I saw was, was about 100,000 people long. <laughs> so it is a very long list. And it is very hard to get a kidney, especially because you obviously need to find a perfect match. But little did Gert know that 30 years ago, when she said yes to Lewis, she would also save his life. It turns out that Gert was his perfect match, both in love and life and in podcasting. What? what? It was in this podcast. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Gert says that it was the best thing she has ever done in her life and an absolute gift to participate in such a life-changing experience. She is quoted as saying, Life is beautiful. We're making plans and our possibilities are no longer limited. We love to travel, attend music concerts, and go to the beach. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. And I just thought that was a lovely, beautiful love story of how one person's excess kidney, <laughs> backup kidney, can give life to their lifelong partner in love and... Um, and podcasting, yes. And mm -hmm. uh, going to the beach, apparently. Well, I mean, <laughs> Hey, who doesn't like going to the beach? It's great. I'm assuming Gert is short for Gertrude. I would assume so, but she just went by Gert. I thought this was going to be a story about one person named Gert and Gert and Lewis. Gert and Lewis. I thought it was a story about a German person who like <laughs> had made some breakthrough kidney research, and then it became two people. I was very surprised, and then I was just enthralled by the story. I feel like we should start calling Brandon Bran. Bran. <laughs> Gert is well, such an interesting shortening. Then we could eventually change it to Raisin Bran, and then his final form, Raisin Bran Crunch. <laughs> oh, that sounds good. Moya, let's hear from you next. Tell me why. The tongue is uh, the most heartful of all the organs. I would love to. Thank you, Judge Schneider. <clears throat> In the land of Dinotopia, are we all familiar with this franchise? Great. No. Three points. Fantastic. No. Not at all. <laughs> You're just trying to sabotage me. Boya has received three points. We can move on to gut because she's talking about Dinotopia. Dinotopia. Hell yeah. Yes. I have no idea what Dinotopia is. <laughs> Okay. In the land of Dinotopia, based on the series of fantasy books by James Gurney, there are 10 commandments. The ninth is eat to live, don't live to eat. Well, no offense to James Gurney, but eating gives my life meaning. Recently, <laughs> and this is a true story. I'm getting real here. My therapist asked me what keeps me going when I'm in one of my depression spirals. And the only answer I could think of in the moment was food. But I don't just eat when I'm sad. I also eat to celebrate. I eat to commune with loved ones, to bury the hatchet with enemies, and also 
according to the tenets of Dinotopia, to nourish my physical body. And eating wouldn't be anywhere near as enjoyable without the tongue. That's where the taste buds live. We have about 10,000 of them. Most of them are on our tongue, but some of them are also spread throughout our body. But the tongue has a memory. For me, just thinking about flaming hot Cheetos can make my mouth water in anticipation, and the taste of good chicken and dumpling soup can transport me right back to the winters of my childhood. Our taste buds are the keys that unlock some of our strongest associations with love and comfort, and I bet that if you thought of your favorite food right now, you would get a warm, fuzzy feeling in your tongue and your stomach and also your heart. They say that the way to a person's heart is through their stomach, but you cannot get to the stomach without first passing the tongue. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, what a, what an argument <laughs> uh, to start with Dinotopia and then to just lead in with this delicious conversation of food. Uh, Mike, let's uh, round out the heart with uh, a little discussion on the lungs, which are right next door neighbors practically. Yeah. <laughs> So when I was thinking of my heart argument, I realized there are many different directions that you could take it, and they all work for the lungs. You could go literal for heart in that the lungs oxygenate the blood, which the heart pumps out and makes all of you, the rest of the things going on in your body work properly. You could go geographical slash geometrical. Your lungs are right next to your heart, and then also one of your lungs is smaller and shaped in a way that it allows your lungs and your heart to fit in your rib cage. You could also go with what we associate the heart with love. Lungs are a way to express how your heart is feeling. Sure, you could have butterflies in your stomach or your heart beating fast, but no one else would know that unless you used your lungs to show a shortness of breath or a sigh of relief. Beyond that, your lungs are such a good way to show emotion of how you are feeling, and it doesn't even have to be with speaking and expressing yourself that way, but your lungs also make speech possible. But I think to give an example of it, there was a time when I was playing in a fall baseball tournament when I played travel baseball as a 12-year-old boy, and I was in uh, New Jersey. It was very cold, so when I was going up to bat, I blew into my hands to keep my hands warm, so that's one. Then I was getting ready to take the plate, and I exhaled to calm myself down, so that's two. Then when the actual pitch came in and I swung to hit it, I exhaled as I hit it, as you do when you're doing physical exertion, let out a grunt that I'm sure sounded very cool <laughs> when I hit the ball, so that's third. While I was running towards the base, I was breathing that whole time. That's four. And then finally, when I had hit this game-winning hit, I had a sigh of relief. That's five. And then when I celebrated with my teammates, I was yelling. Yelling would not be possible without your lungs. And that's six. So just in one quick, short, emotional moment of my illustrious sports career, I used my lungs in so many different ways, both functional and emotional. Did you win? Yeah, yeah, it was the game-winning hit. Okay, okay, cool. No, my teammates and I were celebrating because we lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you tried. I mean, you were 12. That sounds right. <laughs> Thank you all for, for these lovely heart arguments. I'll now be awarding some points. I'm going to go for, for the full three points. I'm going to go with Moya. Yeah. The discussion of food and like what the tongue does, just it just worked. I mean... I, I, I love uh, a good a good food story. Thank you. And it worked. Second, I'm going to go with Mike what? and the lungs. No one cares about Gert. Granted, <laughs> granted, I like your story, but like a lot of it did hinge around the fact that like kidneys failing is sad. 
And although it had an emotional like upswing at the end with the replacement everything, it, I feel like it didn't uh, sell me on uh, the kidneys as like the most uh, heartful. All right. Well, when Kelsey's kidney fail oh and you God. refuse to Damn. give her one because you're a selfish son of a oh bitch, my God. Uh, <laughs> refer you back to this one. All right. And that's a big negative one for Brandon, <laughs> scoring a zero for threatening my girlfriend's kidney. I didn't say I was going to cause it. <laughs> I did, yeah, but you also didn't have to say it, my dude. That is a zero for this round. Uh, I'm also going to give Boya uh, half a bonus point for mentioning Dinotopia, something I haven't thought about in probably two decades uh, and it made me have great joy yes. it's not fair i'm not so old that i don't know all this stuff <laughs> sorry i wasn't born like i'm younger than you <laughs> you're a doctor you're inherently older than me <laughs> is, that, is that how that works that's how yes, it works yeah, yeah so let us move on to the gut or ethos brandon i would love to hear uh try to redeem yourself uh about the kidneys okay. Think real hard about this. Don't maybe mention my girlfriend's possible death in this one. Threaten his dogs. Do dogs have kidneys? Threaten his dogs. Okay. On, on your gut. On your gut argument for the kidneys. Oh, before I start, I just want to just quickly do the math in my head. I have two points. It's only a possible three. So there's no possible way I can win. So I think the BS train is going to start rolling <laughs> to the station again, Eric. Bonus points. You, you can get a lot of bonus points. You can redeem yourself. <laughs> All right. Well, let's start my gut argument. I want to talk about extraordinary altruism, something that Eric Hamilton Schneider does not know anything about. <laughs> oh let's talk God. about strangers <laughs> donating kidneys to strangers. Okay. Now, extraordinary altruists receive no benefits from their donation and face some costs. The kidney donors often receive pressure from family and others who worry about their health. Some of their loved ones express concern that the organ won't be available if a relative needs it in the future, said uh, one scientist uh, with the last name Marsh, who uh, I took the study from. Now, as I said earlier, there are some 100,000 people as of 2017 waiting for a kidney transplant in the U.S., uh, more abroad, obviously. But kidneys are one of the very few organs, if not the only one, I couldn't find the exact stats on it, that you can give away freely without any major issues. So it's so routine a operation that doctors essentially like recommend it. Like if you want to do it, you can be like, yeah, that's great. Let's do it. There's really no downside. You can be up and out of the hospital within like a day sometimes. In the study that I mentioned earlier... Out of a total of 174,000 live donations um, at the time the research was conducted, about 2,100 people had given kidneys to strangers uh, just out of pure altruism. There was a time previously, uh, I, I forgot the source of this because I couldn't find it again, but I, in my initial research, I found that uh, back in probably like obviously the 19th century and into the early 20th century, there was a time when if you wanted to donate your kidney just out of altruism, the doctors would declare you like medically insane or incompetent because it was insane to think that someone would give away their organs for free wow <laughs> my gosh but now we know that it's just a wonderful thing that you can give to other people and we uh there are tons of organizations dedicated to it and in this country where you have to pay out of your own wallet for every single thing the nice thing about kidney donations is that you don't have to pay anything now, March 10th is World Kidney Day, and if you out there think that you want to give a kidney, go to the Alliance for Paired Kidney Donation and, or contact your local hospital and see if you can give your kidney away. Thank you very much. I mean, that's that's all. I, lo I love that story. That's very good. I'm very excited mm -hmm. to learn all that. Let us uh, hear from uh, Mike. 
on his gut opinion about the lungs. So Moya at the top of her argument said that the tongue is the social organ. And I would like to disagree because in my notes, I said the lungs are the social organ. So (laughs) here is two minutes explaining why. I think that the lungs, as I've alluded to before, do a very good job of expressing yourself literally in that you cannot speak without expelling air. But also there are so many things that our lungs do in terms of expression, either culturally or just non verbally that no other organ can do. What's the first thing you tell someone when they are stressed out or feeling anxious? You tell them to take a deep breath or take a certain number of breaths, breathing exercises. These are all things that you can do to relieve stress, relieve anxiety. Also, before you do any sort of big thing, if you're about to do a big squat, if you are about to give some sort of speech, if you are about to profess your love to someone, what do you do? You take a deep breath to ready yourself. So many different functions of physical exertion or emotional exertion needs a deep breath before you do it. Also, heavy breathing can mean so many different things, like that meme with the big cat where it's like breathing intensifies. That can be (laughs) excitement. That can be physical exertion. That can be love. There's so many things that heavy breathing can be. With love, also, we have turns of phrase, like the phrase, you took my breath away, or you look breathtaking. Also, uh, maybe you you took a deep breath to ask someone out and they said yes. What do you do? You take a big sigh of relief afterwards. You had all the emotions running. Now you are all set. Everything's good. Ah, big sigh of relief after. But also some of my favorite things to do are nonverbal cues like scoffing at someone or (laughs) taking a big exasperated sigh or gasping. These are all big breath related things that your lungs facilitate. And it's just a unique form of communication that goes beyond the standard. And it's important in society. I will say, having edited Mike now for a couple of weeks, uh, you do do a lot of breathing. I, huh? Big breathing boy. (laughs) Big breathing boy. Love a breathing boy on a podcast. (laughs) Very great. Moya, let's hear about the the gut's relationship to the tongue. I feel like there's a a direct line almost, but uh, let's hear it from you. Yes. Uh, So I am going to tell you why the tongue is good for our society at large. In my world building work, I spend a lot of time thinking about the trillions of steps that are required to go from the formation of a planet all the way up to an intelligent species with culture. And I think about all of the things that had to go right for each of us to exist here today. When you think about it, it seems really unlikely that millions of our ancestors would have made the right mating decisions to ensure our species survival. But luckily, they had a little bit of help from the tongue. Many studies, including one conducted at the University of Oxford, have shown that kissing is an essential part of mate selection, especially when you use your tongue. When you kiss someone, you implicitly receive information about your partner's health, their habits, and their genetic compatibility. So you may not realize it in the moment, but your brain is analyzing all of that information and using it to determine if the person you're smooching would make a strong baby with you. So if you've ever kissed someone that you were really attracted to and then afterwards you just kind of felt eh about them, that is your tongue and the saliva exchanged between you during your kiss telling you that you would have a weak baby. And this is great for the survival of our species, but it also levels the playing field and takes some emphasis away from a potential mate's other qualities like physical attractiveness and social status, which, as we all know, carry a lot of biases and prejudices with them. So the tongue is the great equalizer in terms of selecting mates, and it has also helped us get to where we are today. Thank you all 
for these very compelling arguments. A weak baby. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, hey, everyone wants a strong, healthy baby, Brad. I don't know. Everyone wants a strong baby. We're here because all of our ancestors had strong babies. <laughs> Brandon, you got you gotta you're normally not this aggressive. I was gotta, all I said was think, two Brad. words. You gotta say, you, now you're insulting babies. <laughs> I said three words and they were a quote of Moya's. Yeah, but you, you, you said them in a way. You said them in a way. I said it as in it was a it was a wet blanket. But instead, it was a weak baby. A wet bed. <laughs> oh, wet bed. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll let the listeners decide. In terms of points, I will be giving three points to Brandon. What? Wow. Nice. Yeah, you're oh, fucking with Brandon. Me. That's a twist. <laughs> He's back in it. I no. I I think your argument was very strong. I think I enjoyed the genuine altruism of that idea. I like that like hey anyone can do this you can like try to figure this out i feel like what you were talking about was talking about society at large and also i was too harsh on you i've give i've only taken away half a point (laughs) from from the heart two now so you have uh i think 5.5 points currently secondly i'll be giving two points to moya i i mean big fan of a big strong baby so <laughs> that's good to know also did not know that much was going on when you kiss someone mm-hmm. uh which was quite interesting and mike I, I i very much enjoyed your your argument it just did not compel me as much as the others but i think it was very strong it's fair So going into this cross-examination round, I'm going to give a quick point recap. We currently have Moya with 6.5 points, Brandon with 5.5 points, and Mike with 6 points. So very Mm. close game. A lot could be decided here Mm -hmm. in the cross-examination round. Brandon, don't count yourself out. A lot of stuff can change. We will now give each contestant the opportunity to ask each one of their competitors a question about their choice in the cross-examination round. Does anyone have a question they are? It's it's Moya. Moya would like to, she raised her hand before I even finished the sentence. Moya, what is your question and who is it to? Uh, my question is for Brandon. What up? What up, Brandon? Uh, so there's a Friends episode where they explore the fact that altruism can't actually happen because anytime you're doing something good for someone else, you're actually just doing it to make yourself feel better. And I think that nothing demonstrates that better in our modern popular culture than the kidney person who donated a kidney to a stranger and then made a bunch of people uncomfortable with how much she just wanted them to congratulate her for it. <laughs> so what is your response to that? Oh, no. Oh, that's not fair. That came out like last week. <laughs> um, my response to that is I am not on social media very often, so I have no idea what to what you were referring. I also don't know about kidney person. Mike seems to know about it. As a third party uninvolved in the question, Mike, can you explain kidney person apparently? Mo- Moya summed it up pretty well, but my understanding of it, because I heard about the story and I was like, I cannot have this full extent of the knowledge in my brain because this person <laughs> sucks so much. General gist, person donated a kidney and then like posted about it on Facebook and mm-hmm. then didn't get like enough praise and then got mad at people for not giving them enough oh praise. Oh boy, that's rough. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Brandon. So what do you have as your uh, as your as your response here now that you know about the situation? Yeah, so is altruism real? <laughs> well, I may not know that exact story because I like to not um, flagellate myself via Twitter every day, but I do remember the Friends episode. The plot of that episode was Phoebe was trying her hardest to do altruistic acts to prove to Joey that it was possible. In and of itself, that is altruism, right? But I will say, we're not arguing about a Friends episode. We all know that episode's great. (laughs) (laughs) So I would say that, yes, 
that person is terrible, but it is not the kidney donation process nor the kidney's fault that person is terrible. <laughs> There's just terrible people and social media is an ill upon this earth and exacerbates all problems in our society and has destroyed democracy. So really, I blame social media, Mark Zuckerberg, um, Joe Twitter, whatever his name is. Joe um, Twitter. <laughs> Joe Twitter, yes. God, I would pay so much money for a shirt that had Snoopy on it and just said Joe Twitter <laughs> underneath. Joe Twitter. Can I also spring to Brandon's defense <laughs> yeah. here and just say, like, if we're using the television show Friends to judge, like, how we think about the world, where a major multiple season plotline of Friends was, lol, remember that time Monica used to be overweight? <sighs> like, and that was, like, funny for 58 seasons. Uh, I, do I don't know if we are really uh, putting things in the correct perspective. <laughs> remember that time Joey and Chandler hugged? Clearly they're gay, and that's bad. Friends! Dear, 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 <laughs> Very excellent. That's as much as we could use of that theme song. Let us move. That was an excellent, excellent question. Excellent response. Who next has a question? Mike does. Mike, who is your question for and what is it? I have a question for Dr. Moya. So she was trying to throw shade at the lungs and the kidneys because apparently having two of them is like bad. Like, <laughs> oh, no, you have extras. What a what a bad organ. But <laughs> What I think is actually a, a problem with her choice that does not happen for the kidneys and the lungs is that the lungs are protected by being inside of your body and behind a rib cage, which is very strong. Brandon's kidneys are inside all your gut stuff, which is pretty strong. Your tongue, like, technically is inside your mouth, but your mouth can open. And it's even a thing where, like, during certain physical activities, like certain extreme sports, they tell you specifically, like, not to stick your tongue out because if you hit your head wrong, you can bite off your own tongue by accident. So I feel like it's not a good sign when your organ can be removed in a oops moment where I don't think I've ever like coughed and been like, oh, no, my lung. Come back. <laughs> oops, all tongues. Right. Like, uh, I, I feel like that is a detriment to the tongue that mm. you can accidentally just lop it off because you made an oopsie. I, mm. I will also add, I did bite my tongue like three days ago. Can you explain that, please? Thanks. Uh, I, I bit my tongue yesterday. <laughs> it sucks. And then you're just stuck with it forever. And it was an accident. I'm like, even if I drink water or like something goes down the wrong way for the lungs, it doesn't remind me of it for a week. <laughs> <laughs> very vindictive uh, the tongue is <laughs> yeah okay so in response i will say that your tongue is protected by your teeth uh, so these are some of the strongest parts of our body they're bones that you can see so the tongue does have a protective layer just like the rib cage around the lungs uh, but you're right it can be damaged it can be lost and i think that that is just a good way of reminding us how precious it is. It's hard to fully appreciate something if you can't lose it. Um, it shows us how how important our tongue is to us that we every once in a while get reminded of its slight fragility. That was a great answer. Mm -hmm. Moya going with the expensive car argument is if you're not afraid of people hitting <laughs> your thing all the time, hell, you know it's valuable. <laughs> yes. You know, we live in a capitalistic society. This is what we've decided we want to judge things based I mean, on. 
I, I have some nice sneakers. I, I get it. It's like, I spent a lot of money on these, and then I'm going to walk on them on the ground. <laughs> I get it. I get it. In New York City, especially. Uh, uh, I, I will say, Mike, I don't think a lot of people have, have like, they cough in their lung, but my, my cousin did sneeze and collapse his lung one time. So, I mean... Oh, my but, God. But it can, like, get... It, I mean, that's, like, an extreme absurd situation. Like, I bite my tongue all the time by accident. Maybe and, you should be more it's... careful with your tongue, Mike. <laughs> I got a big old long tongue, so... Sorry. Mike does have uh, a very long tongue. It's weird. <laughs> All right. That's oh my my well, that's for the video. Yeah, it's feed. Bad. No it's one gets big. to see, unfortunately. <laughs> it's not weird. I should take that back. I don't mean to insult your tongue. It's just long. No, it's it, it's it's quite large. It's okay. <laughs> it matches my long head. <laughs> Brandon, before we talk more about Mike's tongue, which I think we've certainly done enough of. <laughs> yeah, we're over the time limit. <laughs> let's hear your question. And who is it for? Um, yeah, so I just want to start my question by saying thank you to both of my competitors for such a wonderful this again. Uh, judgment round and uh, first debate round. I enjoyed both of your arguments immensely. I had a lot of fun time. I think the last three episodes we did were some of the most fun I've had on this show. I agree. You're both great friends. So much fun. I respect your opinions. Mm-hmm. And my question is for... Judge Eric Hamilton Snyder, why do you hate love? <laughs> why do I hate love? Oh, he's done it. He's done it. He's gone full Brando. He's done it. Full Brando mode. I don't hate love. I love love. He worked it's, himself back into great. contention of winning and then said no. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I don't I don't have I don't have a response uh because you've uh, created a facsimile of me that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Uh mm-hmm. and I don't think uh it's it's worth discussing any further okay. really. I would like the, uh, can the court stenographer make sure to write that down in the notes we that cannot afford a stenographer. Or that Judge Eric Hamilton Schneider has denied to comment on the fact that he hates love. I love love. I've commented and then I've denied anything more. <laughs> Brandon, I love you. Oh, thanks. Aww. Would you give me a kidney if I needed it? <laughs> sure. Do you need one? I mean, I could take one. Well, I could hold have three. on. <laughs> <laughs> we could all just trade kidneys. <laughs> yeah, that is a good use of the United States healthcare system. <laughs> that one that's so efficient and works so well already. If you, everyone trades one kidney, then everyone's probably got one good kidney, and then we're set. <laughs> We've solved healthcare, mm-hmm. I think. Here, <laughs> woo! All right, I'll be giving out some bonus points now on this. Uh, Brandon, no, zero points for once again attacking <laughs> me. Big surprise, but no, no loss in points that time because I'm trying to be a fair and just person. Um, Moya, I will be giving you a bonus point, and Mike, I will be giving you a point as well. That means that I was correct in my math, and there was no way I could have won. Great, <laughs> not true, Brandon. I don't understand where your 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 attitude is coming from. I've I've never won this show. So for you to be so bitter about not winning and, and no mathematical way, I've lost to you personally on this show. So like, I've only won once, th- sir. Hey, I've never won. That's one more than me. And you beat me to do it. I'm not bitter about it. But you seem very bitter about not winning this one. Because pathos is an appeal to emotion and feelings. And I appealed to your emotions and feelings and no one else did. Brandon, in your pathos argument, you said, God, so many people need kidneys. It's, <laughs> it, a, it's the worst. It it's not about the argument. It's about evoking the emotion. That's what pathos is about. Yeah, but I I, I was evoking the emotion of, wow, like, <laughs> kidney sucks 
I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the argument. I'm just saying. It's fine. You have average altruism instead of extraordinary. And you know what? I would say that's pretty good in 2021. (laughs) So I'll take average altruism at this point. That's real. Anyways, I think we have our winner, Dr. Moya Matir and the tongue. Yay! Woo! Uh, It's good tongue time. Wow. 